What do you feel like changed about you guys after I left when you went to high school? Okay, look. Majority of the young men growing up or coming from eighth grade out of our class or even in your class, right? Yeah. We don't. We didn't have father figures, right? Yeah. We either had an uncle, a big cousin, but that uncle or big cousin wasn't doing school. They was in the streets or doing this and this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what that's what make us as the young men be like, okay, my uncle doing this. He living. He doing everything he want to do. Or my cousin doing everything he want to do. He's satisfied. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So now, like, that's my role model. Mm. I don't, I don't have the instructor no more to be telling like, y'all should do this. So you know what I'm saying? Once you get older, you will be able to get on your own feet. You'll be able to, do, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's telling us this at this young age. All my, we just trying to do what our uncles and cousins doing because we don't got no father figure or our father is not in that state. Our father might be on drugs or might be passed away, like anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Afis, and welcome to another episode. And man, oh man, oh man, listen, guys, I am extremely excited about this conversation. Like, literally, kick the one, carry the seven. It's been a seven-year conversation in the making, man. I I am beyond blessed for all the opportunities, and, and I'm beyond blessed for all the men I've had the opportunity to um, share with, to build with, to be able to teach, be able to grow with. And for a lot of you guys, I've been telling you that when it comes to this content, man, like this is our lives. This is my life. Helping men has been my life. It's been my life since I was 19 years old. This is not YouTube. This is not videos. This is actual real life with real people and real stories. And so most of you guys know, some of you guys don't know, but um, in 2014, <laughs> I moved to Dallas, Texas um, to be a teacher. And I and one of the reasons why I wanted to be a teacher was because I felt like one of the best ways of impacting the lives of young adults, especially young men, is to be a teacher. And what everybody told me, they said, whatever you do, do not teach middle school. <laughs> they said, do not teach middle school, especially do not teach seventh grade because that is when the kids are at their wildest. But to me, what seventh grade entailed was when kids, though they were at their wildest, that's when they were the most moldable. So I didn't listen to a lot of people's advice. And I said, you know what? I want to teach seventh grade and not just teach seventh grade anywhere. You know, I wanted to teach seventh grade in a predominantly black community. I wanted to be able to be with, you know, some of these young black men who are going to be the future. That's that's what I wanted. And so, you know, I, I, I went under that endeavor and I was able to be a teacher and had two really great years as an educator in Fort Worth, in the Stop Six community um, in Fort Worth, Texas. And I've met some amazing young men along the way. And a lot of these kids that I met when they were 12, 13 years old, I've been following up with, I've been keeping up with, and I am so excited to bring one of my students one of my earliest students, man, we have so, I'm curious to some of his stories. I got some stories about this guy. And, and what we're going to do today is we're going to go on a journey of his life, a journey of 
what it's like to be a young man today, just understanding the culture, understand life. I am beyond excited to have this conversation. So without further ado, guys, please welcome to the show the one and only Elijah Johnson. <laughs> Elijah, what up, man? What's going on? What's going on? What up, man? Man. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. There's so it's there's, there's so many um memories that I feel like you and I have together, man. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot it's of a lot. a lot of <laughs> and literally I remember when I when I met you, this guy was maybe like five foot two. Yeah. Um I left you when I would when I left to move back to Atlanta and do films. I left you, you were 5'10. I come back, you're like 6'6. Six, six. <laughs> exactly. <I'm... laughs> so, so I come back, this guy is 6'6, six, this guy's towered over me. Exactly, so, you know? Yeah, so Elijah, man. Um, so let's go ahead and I want to know what life was like sixth grade, pre meeting me, growing up in the top six community, Dunbar school system. I want to know what was life like for you in those early years before we met in seventh grade. You know, like starting with sixth grade, I mean, but we ain't even gonna start at sixth grade. You can just say like growing up as a kid, being in middle school, elementary, you know, like you do what the average kid do. You wanna play, yeah. you wanna go outside, wanna have fun, hang with friends or, or whatnot. Come in, it's just like, you know, school outside, school outside, cycle just keep repeating, you know? Okay. When you know, like middle school is like, you starting to get older, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Becoming a young adult. So it's just, you start realizing a lot of things that you was never told in elementary mm. or teachers start getting different or people start getting different or you got friends that starting to try new things and want to introduce you to them you know what i'm saying like yeah. anything like that but my sixth grade year i can say it was fun but it was kind of hard because i was a bad kid already i want to say fun for who fun <laughs> for you or fun for the teacher you know i feel like it may have been fun for you <laughs> yeah, i was just bad you know yeah. what i'm saying i all way from probably like third all way up to you know what I'm saying just I can remember but I was a bad kid I always gave my teachers problems <laughs> I don't know why but you know what I'm saying it just was you know yeah. I ain't had a hard time listening sometimes you know okay but yeah like sixth grade it was probably sixth grade probably was my funnest year because I was a kid but I wasn't a kid no more mm. you know what I'm saying yeah 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 so I started meeting people and stuff like then it was all about sports, games, uh, some people being the comics, cars, and you know, like different little things of that nature. So it just be fun. Yeah, that's Set, real. Working up from sixth grade, going to seventh grade, you know, I was having a little bit of complications because you know what I'm saying? Like me being the person I was being funny, I was always roasting people no matter what. I was yeah. roasting people, so, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like nobody really just wanted to roast me or nothing like this. So. It's be a lot of, you know what I'm saying? It'd be some unknown pressure that, that's there that I didn't know was there. You know what I'm saying? No, that's like, true. people really hating, but I, don't, I never really paid no mind to it because I was just a funny dude. I okay. always interacted with everybody. Nah, man, I think uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I'm, let's start in seventh grade, all right? Because you said he had a story. I have a story. <laughs> Listen, guys. Elijah, I remember the first day of school I was teaching in Dunbar Middle School. And man, those kids gave me hell. <laughs> those kids gave me so much hell the first day of school. And I remember I got to the last period of the class of, of the day. And I was so glad that the day was over. And then in Great. comes my last period. And lo and behold, Elijah Johnson is in my last That's period crazy. Texas history class. 
And man, so uh, you said you wanted, you remember this story. I, yeah, I'm I curious. <laughs> tell me the story that you wanted to tell me about the first day of school, seventh grade. First day, you know what I'm saying? I made it through. You know what I'm saying? I don't gave every teacher a problem though, because it's the first day. You know what I'm saying? I gotta break. I gotta break it in. I gotta break it in somehow, some way. So you know what I'm saying? I done made it through every class. I ain't got put out not one time, not nothing. I go in your class. You know what I'm saying? You the new teacher too. So I know. <laughs> I know. I know all the old teachers. You know what I'm saying? You the new teacher, or whatever. So it's just like, of course we finna try you or whatever the case may be. We finna see what it is. See what kind of teacher we dealing with, like hourly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I decided, you know, I come in, the bell just rung too. I sat down, you was on a Promethean board, you know, you start instructing or whatever. I told you, I raised my hand. I was like, can I go to the restroom? You was like, hold on for a minute or whatever. So I asked you, can I go to the restroom again? <laughs> you told me the same thing. I was like, bro, if you don't let me go to the restroom, I'm finna walk out your class. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm finna walk out your class. And I asked again and he said no, so I got up. I walked out of his class, I slammed the door and everything. You know what I'm saying? It just, <laughs> I can't, I don't know. It was just like, it was an instinct because past years in school, like I was always told like, if your teacher don't let you go to the restroom, you really gotta go, go to the restroom. Yeah. But I really didn't even have to go to the restroom. You just wanted to get it out of the class. Yeah, man, cause <laughs> I was like, it's the first day. Yeah. I done been here all day, I'm really ready to go home or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do something. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like that, it was just crazy how that whole, how all it turned out, man, just it's crazy. Yeah, man. So Elijah, that's so funny that you mentioned that I remembered. Like, bro, I remember leaving school that day and saying, I'm about to be in hell. <laughs> because like Elijah, like you pointed out, like when you're the new new teacher, mm -hmm. they just want to try you. Like I feel like mm -hmm. what happens in like in the hood is like when you're new. They always gotta try you, man. They like they 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 go so hard to try to try you. What what is that about? It's what like, I feel like the teacher come in with the persona of I'm gonna be nice to these kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be nice to these kids. I'm gonna regardless of what anybody said or this, this, and that, I'm gonna be nice to these kids. Yeah. And so that's interesting because a lot of new teachers, that's how it is. Because mm -hmm. the old teachers, they're like, they're like hammer. They're like, yo, we about to put down a law and order. But then the new teachers, like, you know, let's be nice, let's be sweet, let's be kind of like, kind of like that parent who wants to be your friend. Mm -hmm. The old teachers, they ain't trying to be your friend because no, they, they understand <laughs> that man, you got to put the foot down. So the new teachers, especially the young young teachers, they try to come in and try to be the kids' friends, and then the kids take advantage of that. No you know cap. what I mean? No cap, because that was me. If you being too nice to me. Oh, I'm finna see what you're gonna do when you get mad. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. If you don't be, if you don't get too mad or overreact or whatever, or I'll, uh, you need to move your desk or this, this, oh, it's over with. Yeah. I'm finna run that. I'm finna run the classroom. Exactly. <laughs> Bro, and I'm telling you, you kids, you guys were so smart. Like, I, I told my dad, I was like, these kids are like sharks. If they smell blood, they're gonna devour you, bro. And so, when, so what they, everybody does is they see you. And then they try you, right? They try you that very first day. And then that seven period, it just didn't make sense. Like, yeah, it just, I'm a problem, he a problem, they a problem. Like, it's a couple of us in there that was just a problem. Oh, we yeah. Had, some of them in there were just being there, but y'all part of the problem too, but y'all yeah. ain't really doing nothing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just be crazy. It's just like, you be so nice. The teacher be so nice. So it's like, oh, I'm going to try and see what we do. Yeah. But 
I feel like if as a teacher, well, not as a teacher, but if I were a teacher, I would come off as straight to the point, but like have a nice side. But like That's you would fair. have to work as a student to really get to see the nice side. You I know love that you brought that up, Elijah, because know what's crazy? That's how it was year two. Year mm -hmm. one, I was like, let me be friends. And then, they, but the problem is like when they view you as peer, they'll walk all over you. Mm -hmm. So year two, which is why I have a different relationship with those kids than I have with you guys. But year two, I came in like, I'm out to give them hell. I'm out to, bro, I remember year two, I started the classroom. They came in, they were well behaved. I come in the classroom. I'm like, everybody get up. I remember that. <laughs> everybody remember get that. outside. <laughs> And for no reason, I said, "Line up, no one stay at work." And I, but I just did that so they knew what time of day it was. Yeah. And and I promise you, year two was totally different than year one. But I want to stay on year one. So I remember thinking to myself, I said, "How in the world after that first day of school?" Because because I don't want to say anyone's names because I don't want to disrespect nobody. So right. so these people, I'll, if I'm gonna say their name, I'm gonna bleep them out. Mm -hmm. But you know, I had people like in my classroom. You know, I had people like my classroom i had had all these people you know i had you know all these kids who bro was in my class i had all the heavy hitters in your in your grade they were in my classroom and they they gave me like like the story your story was interesting i remember the second day of school i had my classroom right she didn't come the first day second day of school what ends up happening is I come in like because it was during first period. Like, yo, I'm gonna lay the hammer down. I ain't they. They ran me over the first day. Now it's my day, second day of school. So I came in the first day. I'm like, everybody sit down. And she like, nigga, I ain't having that. She just walked right out. <laughs> like literally a second into the day, she walked right out, and it it was so wild. But what really to me helped me out a lot was football, because I was a football coach. And because I was a football coach later on that day, I, it's easy for me to be hard as a football coach and hard as a teacher because I, I, I was used to, coaching, I used to coaching football. And so when I was coaching football, I felt like a lot of the young guys, that's where I was able to be the, the, the strong force. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, so I feel like that's what helped me a lot with the, with the young guys. And it's funny because I don't know if you remember this. You wanted to play football that first year, but you didn't have a physical. You remember what remember what happened? Yeah, I remember. What happened? Tell I me what, what I happened. I remember who was with us and everything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so so you wanted to get a physical. So after remember, after this first day of school, when you walk out of my classroom, yeah, this is all after this you, you came and you wanted to play on the football team. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't have a physical. And and so tell tell the people what happened. You know what I'm saying? They do it like a uh the annual every year uh, physical thing, you know, with the school. I wound up missing it. I was supposed to go. I didn't wake up. I don't know what <laughs> happened. So my mom was supposed to take me a couple times. I asked her. She, yeah, her being so busy or whatever, she never had the time. So I came to him. I, I told him about it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We had a little conversation about the first day and stuff and all that. So then after that, you know what I'm saying? He was like, I'm, I want to take you to get your physical. Yeah. At first, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got a dumb bone. Ain't no teachers around here doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm like, man, he's just talking. He's just trying to get me to, you know, cooperate with him in the class or whatever. So boom, we go. He took me and another student. You know what I'm saying? We we took a trip. It was a uh, a little trip. I think when we we went to like I think Arlington or Care now Arlington. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, we took a trip or whatever uh, to go get the fiscal and stuff. You know, all that went through as planned. And I don't know, like, a lot was going through my mind that day because I really ain't never had nobody do nothing for me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was always like, I just got to do it on my own or find some way to get it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never thanked you for that, I don't think, before. That was really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It meant a lot to me, though. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you know what it. Yeah. It meant a lot to me. Now, I appreciate that, man, because most of you guys didn't, didn't realize, like, I chose Dunbar. I chose Dunbar when I was living in Atlanta. I wanted to be in a school where it was all black. That was my goal. I looked up all black schools in Dallas, Texas, Dallas DFW, and I found Dunbar, and I was looking up by percentage. Dunbar at the time was the most black school out of every school in DFW. I wanted to go to that school. And so there was something in me where it was like, I want to go to that school and I wanted to help young men. That was like, like that was my plan. Like I was in Atlanta living good. I wanted to come here, be a teacher here. A lot of people who were teachers at Dunbar, it's kind of like, not, not saying all of them, but a lot of them, they had no choice. You know what I mean? Like they kind of like... The other schools, they couldn't get wanted to go into Heights or someplace else. They just happened to be. No, I chose it. And so even after that first day of school, when you guys all gave me hell, I was like, I had a purpose. My purpose was to like help young men. And so I genuinely cared. You know what I mean? I really cared about you guys. And so when we went to the, when, when we went, take, took you and that other student to the mall. And then afterwards, I mean, to the physical. And then afterwards, you guys went to the mall. I feel like that moment was like a really pivotal moment in your in in, in, in you and I's um, mentorship, you know, because I feel as though that's when you felt like, oh, he's serious. You know what I mean? Because I feel like what happens is a lot of times in places like Dunbar, a lot of young kids people promise them stuff, but and then people people act like they care, but they don't. It's the one. It's that's the, the one. one. Go break that down for the people. It's the one because yeah. I mean. Growing up, I've had uncles, I have had aunties. My mama, my mama told me too many lies growing up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Most of it just going and going and going. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I looked at it like it was part of life or maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, it was a lot that came with that because, okay, my hopes are, my hopes are up for Friday. You said we doing this or you gonna do this or take me here so my hopes is up for this. So now I'm looking forward to it. But then when it don't come, it's just like, everything come to a shadow, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And like back to the teacher thing that you were saying, like how you came in and you just was direct. Most of that don't phase the students because a lot of teachers don't understand this or know this because we got mamas and daddies at home that yell at us 24 seven when we yeah. get in trouble. So it's like, that's not getting, that's getting on to me, but that's not like, oh, I'm a chill, he ain't, he's serious. No, it's yeah. really more like my mama do the same shit that ain't gonna do nothing but make me mad. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just be like, a whole, that's a whole nother uproar. So we're going to take a quick pause from this week's episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Skillshare is a one-of-a-kind online learning community where you can learn all types of skills from creative to design to business development and so much more. Men, the reviews are in and people have been experiencing transformation from Skillshare because Skillshare has so many practical courses that you can take today that can benefit you, like how to find your purpose course, like how to start your business course. There's so many things available for free right now on Skillshare. So go to Skillshare.com slash roommates to get your first month for free of charge skillshare.com slash roommate guys don't just be someone who's constantly complaining about life 
Take it into your own hands and build yourself up. Get the skills to become the best birds of yourself. Skillshare.com slash roommates. You'll thank me later. And let's get back to this week's episode. No, that's a great point. I love that you said that because I think that's what, and that's what you realize is first, like, you trying to be the tough guy, teacher, tough guy, this. First, their parents, your, your mama will beat you. you know I can't saying? beat you. Yeah. So, like, as tough as I can be, you know good as well. You ain't about to do nothing Talking to about me. crazy. You, you know what I mean? So, nothing, but, nothing but an infraction. Exactly, exactly. So, so, what, so, a lot of people, when they were trying to be overly tough, the kids don't really respond to that. You know what yeah. I mean? The kids don't really respond to the overly toughness because cause some of the kids will fight you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some of them will be like, okay, you know what? Let's Let's go. And um, and so to me, it was something in which I, I I realized that pretty quickly. But I think the advantage was football, right? It was advantage of football um, to to be with them. And who who were you growing up? Who were you raised by? My grandmother. Grandma. Okay. And where was that? Did you know? Did you ever know where dad was? Mm-mm. Never. I met my daddy one. My actual daddy. I met him one time. Okay. How old were you when that happened? Probably like four or five. Oh, really? And, can't, and I can't tell you what he looked like. Nothing. All I know is like, far as him, I got twin sisters or whatever. Yeah. Never, never met him in my life. Nothing. Oh, wow. But like with that whole situation, like I had got adopted. You oh, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My and dad, father, that was mine. That was calling my father the time he passed away from due to cancer. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, kind of showed me a little bit around. I was probably like twelve around this time. But like, yeah, him passing away, like. I never really got a full experience of having a father. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, and I think also what happens in places like Dunbar is a lot of the the males, they mm-hmm. grow up without fathers. That's, that's tough too, though. Yeah. Like real, real tough. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that later because what I realize is that when it comes to masculine, like, aggression or masculine, I don't want to use the word aggression, like a, like a masculine authority figure, mm-hmm. most guys aren't used to that. Because they're used to female teachers, you know, female principals, mm-hmm. mama, aunties, grandmas. So what what happened, especially initially, especially I realized it with the girl students. The girl students would not listen to me because mm-hmm. they would they would listen to the female students because the female students are, could could really like go in on them. But I'm yeah. a, I'm not I'm not about to go hard on no female yeah. student. So there was a level where it was harder for me to like get the female students to listen and da 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 versus was the males. But like I said, the advantage was football. And, and so my question to you is throughout the first semester, what were your thoughts in regards to football team, teacher? What was the experience like with, 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 um, with me? Prior to me and you, I felt like, you know what I'm saying? This could work. Yeah. Or, it's different. It yeah. really was different though, because yeah. you don't got too many teachers doing that no more. Especially yeah. nowadays, for so it's mm. just more like I'm gonna teach you this lesson. You are gonna get in here, get in, get out. Yeah. If you get it or not, or yeah. and like just due to the whole COVID situation, like yeah, students yeah, yeah. are really just getting passed along. Like they're not mm. really getting taught nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They getting taught something, but like getting passed along because oh uh, y'all ain't been to school this long or this this and that. And instead of covering it, so they will know when test time come, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. And they're just not covering it. So they going, all right, we're going to pass you to the next grade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It don't, it just really don't make sense though. No, that's real. And and another thing that I thought about as you were sharing was that, you know, I think that a lot of teachers, it's, it takes so much work to go above and beyond 
that they just want to, like you said, just do the bare minimum and, and pass the kids along, yeah. you know, because it's just like they don't want to have to deal with the headaches. They don't have to deal with actually like getting like it just takes a lot of energy. Yeah, and then some some of the students don't make it easy. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying like you getting out like you you been getting all these lesson plans put together, all this for them, and then your class come here not trying to learn. They ain't. You know, that's nerve-wracking. That's going to drive you to the point to where, like, I want to quit or this, this, and that. So, yeah. with that being said, the teacher mindset nowadays is I'm just here because this, this is my profession. This is yeah. how I'm getting paid. So, as long as I get the curriculum across, it's up to them if they want to take it or leave it. That's so, real. And most students be like, or could be at home going through things or, what, or whatnot, and they just be like, school is not it. This is not helping me. Because I was like that at a point in time, especially in high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like at home things really pay a, play a big part in what goes on in school. And that's why, like, the teacher is quick to call home. The teacher is quick to write in fractions, put a person in ISS. And that really don't better the situation because a lot of people or students react and express themselves through aggression and anger. Mm -hmm. And the teacher not knowing what it is, it could be a, a home thing. They really just need somebody to talk to. No, that's real. That's real. And and so year one, it's funny because I remember you being a very difficult student. I didn't think I was going to last, to be honest. I didn't. Okay. I did What do you mean by that? Like, I didn't think I was going to be in your class. I thought I was going to switch that. Okay. Every year... Every year, I think it was either it was my social studies class or my math class. I got a new teacher every year. Oh wow! Even when I got to ninth grade, I still got a new teacher every year for them two classes. Oh wow! Yeah, so you were a difficult student, and it, it was hard. It was hard. I'm not gonna lie, you were hard to, cause you you were very you were really smart. You were a very mm -hmm. smart kid, but you had so much energy, and you loved jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, at yeah, one point, it was it was you. Jawan and Alvin in the in the same classroom. Right. Alone. <laughs> and long <laughs> Crazy. So, so then at one point, I don't know what my brain was thinking. Maybe because you were all on the football team and stuff like that. I put you guys all in the same group. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, oh, this seven period. We yeah. might as well. Yeah. After this, we got practice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, you are a football coach. Yeah. And we acting up in your class. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's my question. Why wouldn't you, what, why wouldn't you behave? <laughs> like, after all that I was doing, after all that I was giving to you, why, why wasn't like, man, he's just so great. He's so dope. Why, let's just behave in the classroom. Honestly, it's because yeah. instead of getting on me, you showed me that I could change. You get what I'm saying? Okay, break that down. You made, you made a relationship with me, like we became like cool. Like in my eyes as a kid, it's like, oh, this is my partner. Like I can go in his class cause yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. A lot of teachers get that much leeway to where it's like, when you do get on me, I don't think you for real. That's a great point of life, man. Really, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I really don't think you for real. Like you just playing, you just doing this cause all the other kids in here, or it could be this principal around, this teacher around. Like, yeah. have you ever, uh, like growing up, you ever been in class and uh, like administrator come in yeah, with and the, the paper. Like, yeah. uh, uh, if we supposed to have administrator today, y'all just make sure y'all doing what y'all do. That's like prime Man. example of your teacher not really current. You know what I'm saying? That's real. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because you, you, especially you, man, you guys are so smart. And when people don't realize that the kids 
they notice everything. Yeah. Like for you to be breaking all this stuff down, I'm like God, dang, I like like kids are smart, yeah. and I think that was one of the the challenges, the balance, right? The balance was that with a lot of you guys, because honestly, I'm gonna be I'm be honest with you, it was mainly you. <laughs> like out of all you know? out of all the kids, because you know the vote perfect behavior around me. Derek was great. Aaron was great. Carnell was great. Yeah. It was mainly you and. <laughs> like you guys were the two kids on the football team who would really give me fits. Everybody else, not as much, but um, but you guys definitely gave me a lot of fits. But in all honesty, it was, you guys weren't that bad. But it was like I would have, I was hoping that after all that we've been through together, there was a sense of more respect. But you're right. I think sometimes when you're used to. The authoritative guy, now you're standoffish, but then when the teacher's a little bit too friendly, now you think we're friends. And I think that that was my first year teaching, that was like the balance, right? How can I how can I be someone that they they love and they respect, but then at the same time, how can I balance it out where, you know, they care, but they also respect me? And I found that to be challenging, especially with yeah, you. Yeah, because I mean, growing up as a kid, in my eyes, the situation was you give a little to get a lot. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so break that down for me. So it's like, I gave you what you wanted, okay. which was you wanted me to pay attention. Yeah. You wanted me to do my work. You wanted me to chill sometimes. Yeah. I did that sometimes. In result, I got more leeway than anybody. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which without you even noticing though. No, I think I think I noticed because I think for me, I knew for a fact that the difference between you and me, you and you and other kids is I'm about to take you home. That makes sense. You know too. what I mean? I'm about to drive you home. So a, a kid like um, another kid in the class acts up, he leaves. I'm not gonna. There's nothing I can do. But with you, it's like I know for a fact it's gonna be a one-on-one time when I after practice I'm gonna drive you home and we can have a conversation about what you just did. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. Tomorrow is so, gonna be a. It's gonna be the energy gonna be new. Everything and then it's gonna be like, okay, I know he gonna trip if I do this with him, so I'm a chill. Yeah. And then I might do this because I know he ain't gonna say nothing. Like I joke every day. He gonna say something about that, but I might can just sleep this past him. He gonna, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's that's really interesting. And honestly, no. So here's what I found. And I'm cu I'm really curious too if you can understand it. You guys in eighth grade were so well behaved. And I mean the core, the core kids. So after you guys left eighth grade, you guys, I used to get so much compliments from eighth grade teachers about not all of you guys were obviously just ones that never behaved. Mm -hmm. But you guys were a really, really good group of kids. And when you guys got older, I feel like you guys really settled down a lot. And so what do you feel like was the impact of because obviously I'm not the only one. It was Coach Smith, a lot of people. But what do you feel like was the impact that I did, which allowed a lot of you guys, like especially in eighth grade, like the girls were in eighth grade. The girls were wilding in eighth grade, but the boys, relatively speaking, you guys weren't really fighting and beefing. Maybe I, maybe yeah. I'm remembering it wrong, but no, nah, it was yeah, the girls. Yeah, but so my question was, what do you think about what I was doing, which made you guys like really be a very peaceful, relaxed? relatively well-behaved group of kids in eighth grade if you're on any team or playing any sport you know how like you don't know nobody mm -hmm. then after way i play a couple of games y'all win everybody happy now everybody talking to each other yeah practicing uh helping each other and stuff you become a family mm. you know what i'm saying so it's just like 
these are people I'm comfortable with. These are people I can act myself around. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, yeah. You showing me the ropes and stuff, and I'm also growing at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a lot of that play a big, a very big part in it. Yeah. Now that's good because, man, I'm telling you, the 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 second year, eighth grade year, it, it's kind of sad because a lot of those kids, my seventh grade class, I was nowhere as close to them as as you guys. Mm-hmm. Because I was giving, I was, you know, I was doing a lot for you guys. I was really like, you know, investing a lot of, so the sad thing that I learned was, dang, what I gave you guys in seventh grade, I couldn't give those guys that in seventh grade because I was giving it to you guys in seventh and in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And, and man, I I just remember just, there was such a, a new respect around me as a teacher in, in eighth grade. When teacher, you guys were in eighth grade, a, a teacher, a coach, and a person. Yes. No cap. What 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 would what would you describe that like around that eighth grade year? Like I was saying. Like, like how this. do you feel like other like the school viewed me like the like students? How do they view me? Like your class, the school. Like what was my reputation in your opinion? Like around your eighth grade year. Far as I can't speak for the girls, but far as the boys and yeah. the football team. Yeah. That's the things that you were doing. That's like things that family's supposed to do. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So it's like all together. I didn't. I didn't really have it. So like, and a lot of my old people that I see around the hood, or there's, I be outside playing with, or we might go hoop. They don't. They the same. The same boat as me. Mm-hmm. So like that, you gonna catch all their attention. So it's like, okay, all we all growing together is one for sure, for sure now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we all on the same page. Then we got a teacher, a leader, instructor that's on the same page as us too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, that's real. And and know what's funny? You guys were the f- third group of kids I mentored in my life. Mm-hmm. M- the problem with the first group of kids was I was mentoring them by themselves. Mm-hmm. So what happened was while they would get like good game for me, they would leave and to get around their friends and their friends were wilding and stuff like that. So I learned, I said, you know what? I got to mentor kids in groups. I got to mentor them in packs because if I can get everybody in the group behaving, that now incentivize all the other kids to behave more. That's, that's just like you holding a tutoring session, right? Yeah. I'm going. My homeboy need help. I'm like, okay, little bro, you got fees over here. He going to whoop, he can help us. You, you trying to go? Huh? He can either say yes or me, me and him being that close, he could be like, all right, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. Boom. Now his friend come. Now his friend come. Now it's just showing like we putting it, our trust in you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's real. You know what I'm saying? Now that's real. And I feel like that helped you guys out a lot because, man, you guys were a special group of kids, man. You guys were a really special group of kids. And 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 like I said, there's a lot that we're going to talk about throughout the episode because, man, you guys, I don't like, man, you guys were really, really a good group of guys. Like really, like like the whole crew. They, there wasn't anybody. You know, maybe there was a you know a few kids that would act up, but the yeah. general core of kids. And then whenever new kids came to you guys, they were so different. Like kids would come from McClung or they come from other schools. Yeah. They would be so different than the the, the Dunbar the Dunbar crew, right? Mm-hmm. And even like the, the you know the like a uh, the grade above you with all these other guys. Like they were. It was just so different. And so to me, I was, I, I, I really value that time with you guys, man. And, and honestly, 
I wanted to stay for a long time. Mm-hmm. But what really hurt me the most was I knew that you guys needed me every single year the same way I was. Like the same way I was going 110. And there's so many stories about things I did for you guys behind the scenes that you can tell, other kids can tell. And I realized I can't do that for you guys in ninth grade, the next kids in eighth grade, and then my new seventh graders. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I was realizing that I couldn't sustain it. And especially when I saw how, how much... The seventh grade group of kids, when you were in eighth graders, those groups, when I, when I saw like how much they were so different from you, because I, I honestly just didn't give them time. Mm-hmm. Like the experience that you and I would have together, like drive, I would, I, I probably never drove any of those kids home. You know mm-hmm. why? Because I was driving you guys home in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, I was probably never taking them out to eat and stuff like that. Why I was taking you guys out to eat in eighth grade. And so that's when I personally realized that, man, I, I couldn't keep this up. You know, while I loved it, like, I couldn't keep it up, which is why part of my reasoning of leaving. Mm-hmm. So when, when you guys figured out I was leaving Dunbar, how did, what was, like, what was the feelings about when I was leaving? Oh, uh, man, this nigga terrific. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, what you doing? We might as well follow us to the next grade. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what we was thinking. Because, yeah, like, yeah. you really was one of our instructors that, like, a lot of us looked up to. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, for sure, for sure. No, what? So let me tell you the most proudest one. I don't, I don't think I've told anybody this moment. Eighth grade year was really rough for me as a teacher. You know, we had a new principal. He didn't really like me a lot. It was mm-hmm. it was a rough year as a teacher. I got man, so much crap happened. And I remember one day I was in my classroom. The um, the the, the door was unlocked. The principal walks in. Say I got to talk to you. I was like, oh crap! What the hell? Is, what did I do now? This time, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was a. There was a time that like like there's so many fights or issues with that were going on in school, especially with the girls, that they brought in this guy to like investigate the culture of the school. So this guy's job was to come and he and he was doing interviews with students, just asking them what's good, what's bad about the school, what can be better. And they polled the students in sixth and seventh and eighth grade, and they asked the students out of every teacher in the school, which teacher cared you felt like cared the most. Principal walked in. He said, "You know what? They did this poll. They figured out which teacher cared the most, which teacher cared the less. Almost every single student said you cared the most, and that yeah. to me was yeah, it's big. That was that was like I won. Yeah, that was big. That because that to me is what mattered. And in my opinion, what do you think I was doing at that time, which made people feel like he actually." cares what was what was different in your not experience? only like you breaking down the list and taking your time every night or whatever to do these slides every day not yeah. just a slide with a pitch on there some words like a slide with a pitch on there some words in you breaking this down and you showing us like on the paper after you just taught us this like you know what i'm saying yeah. that's a lot for kids because you got some teachers especially when you get in high school you got some teachers that'll just say they taught this and give you a worksheet yeah and it's up to you to figure out on your own and have it done or turned in by the end of class, yeah. uh, exit ticket or Friday or whatever the case may be. Like, yeah. they play a big part too. That's real, man. They play a real big part. So, I eighth grade. I, I'm. It's funny because I actually tried to. My goal was to go with you guys to ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So I actually tried to um, potentially get my my high school teaching certification, a high school coaching job. 
but just things just really didn't pan out at that time. So, you know, unfortunately I had to leave. And so what, what was it like? Just something like high school. What, what do you feel like changed about you guys after I left when you went to high school? Okay. Look, majority of the young men growing up or coming from eighth grade out of our class or even in your class. Right. Yeah. We don't, we didn't have father figures. Right. Yeah. We either had an uncle, a big cousin, but that uncle or big cousin wasn't doing school. They was in the streets or doing this and this. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what that's what make us as the young men be like, okay, my uncle doing this, he living, he doing everything he wanna do, or my cousin doing everything he wanna do, he's satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So now like that's my role model. Mm. I don't I don't have the instructor no more to be telling like, Y'all should do this, so you know what I'm saying? Once you get older, you will be able to get on your own feet. You'll be able to do, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's telling us this at this young age. All my, we just trying to do what our uncles and cousins doing because we don't got no father figure or our father is not in that state. Our father might be on drugs or might be passed away, like anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So everybody looking, focus, having focus on who they role model is or how uh, we was talking about a young boy earlier, how a lot of people like young boy. Mm-hmm. You got some people that think that's their role model, so. They want to have a lifestyle he got. That's so they try to do things that he do. Yeah. Or things that's sort of kind of what he do. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with that being said, like, ninth grade was real hard because you got all your friends and stuff. Now you got some of them smoking weed. You got some of them skipping school. Like, it's a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing in eighth grade. I'm still being bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With nobody. Now, the only thing is nobody's telling me to stop. Mm. I got my mama called so much in ninth grade. No, in ninth grade, I had 13 infractions. Wow. I had the most in the school. That's what they was telling me. Wow. And this was, it wasn't even second semester yet. Goodness gracious. And the crazy thing is I got suspended one time. Every other time I got wrote up, I was in ISS Mm. for like two days, get out. Same thing. So why were you acting up so much in ninth grade? I didn't have nobody getting on me. My yeah. mama was getting on me, but she was whooping me. She wasn't yeah. sitting down talking to me, actually explaining, like, yeah. you whooping me for being bad, not, you know what I'm saying, getting on to me for really what needs to be done. Like, Elijah, you really need to understand that you need to get an education so you can get a good job, mm-hmm. this, 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 and that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All those principles of life that we was not told growing up until now that we get, uh, now we 16, 17, 18, now y'all want to tell us this when we've been in school for really like 13, you yeah. know what I'm saying? 13, 12 years type thing. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take another break from this week's episode to talk to you guys about our new amazing sponsors over at Future Proofer. Guys, you know here at the Roommates, we want you to level up emotionally, spiritually, financially, but we have to not neglect physically. As you guys know, so many men have been suffering due to physical illnesses. And it's not just about going in the gym and getting muscles, but it's also having the necessary diet and nutrition to succeed in life. So what Future Proofer does, it gives you three odorless tablets to give you 20 essential vitamins and nutrients that you can be able to take today to become the healthiest version of yourself. So guys, go to futureproofer.com slash roommates and use the offer code roommates at check 
check out. Men, please take your health seriously. Do not neglect this part of your life. You can have all the money, all the muscles, all the success in the world, but without your health, it is nothing. So take advantage of it. Go to futureproofer.com slash roommates, and let's get back to this week's episode. Now, that's real. That's real. That's real. Because did you get in trouble in eighth grade a lot? You did? Mm-hmm. You don't remember me getting kicked out of school. You kicked out of school in eighth grade? I got third party. You really? And it was in your class. You it was in your class, but you weren't there. You just happened to have a sub that day. In eighth grade? Eighth grade. You were in my class in eighth grade? No, no, that was seventh grade. It was seventh grade. Because you don't remember I came back? Okay. I came. No. I remember this like it was yesterday, man. It's crazy. It was seven, yeah, it was seventh grade. You had a sub, you had a left or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Then you got kicked out and then you came back. Okay. But in eighth grade, were you getting in trouble as well? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, everyone was getting in trouble, but like to me, you guys definitely calmed down in eighth grade. Yeah, I remember that. It was the day I was gone. Of all days. <laughs> you know? And that and and that's and that's deep because it's like the day I was gone was the day you got kicked out of school. It's kind of showing like symbolic to the importance of a man having a male role model with him. Because imagine if I was there, you probably wouldn't. Whatever happened that day wouldn't have happened. Yeah, because at the time I didn't have no role models. All my older cousins and uncles was either on drugs or in a drug, I mean in street selling drugs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be there. Yeah. I've seen what it I've seen what it did to my brother. I've seen what it did to my uncle, my cousin, my auntie, and other family members. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like why well, want that life? I want something else. Yeah. But I didn't know what I wanted. So yeah. I took my aggression and anger or whatever I was going through and expressed it in a playful way, either joking or just getting in trouble. Yeah, man, that's deep, bro. You're really good at breaking down a lot of a lot of emotional intelligence to be able to break a lot of these things down. Because I, I think to me, if I'm if I'm being hundred percent honest with you. It's a true story, man. One time, I, this is kind of embarrassing, but I'll tell this story. I may delete it depending on how I feel. But I was telling the story about you guys when I was going live, and I started crying. Like, live live YouTube, I started crying. Because I felt like one of my biggest failures was how some of the guys ended up. And I won't say some of their names, but you know mm -hmm. who I'm talking about. Yeah. Because I know for a fact, when I was there... They weren't like that. Yeah, wasn't their intentions at all. Yeah. Like, 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 even like I said, you were, your problem was too much jokes and too much talking. That was your problem with me. But you generally speak, and maybe in other, honestly, especially in the English class, you were wild. <laughs> but generally speaking, like, especially year two, the issues were getting better. Everybody was getting better. Every single person that I was with, that, that was part of the group, the group that we were in, you guys were all getting better. But then it really hurt me when so-and-so moved, so-and-so get, gets expelled, so-and-so then has a kid, so-and-so then goes to jail. And literally a year after, the, the it's like the, the, the first year and a half when a lot of you, because I, you know, I was a new teacher. I didn't know anything about you. I didn't know Elijah was bad. I didn't know anybody was bad. It was all, I came with a fresh mind with all of you guys, right? But then, so a lot of the, the kids, they turned their life around when they were in my classroom and they were with me. The next thing I know, the moment I leave, someone's in jail. 
I'm like, bro, what, what happened? I think the main reason, it got to be summer vibes. Nobody ever pays attention to the summer. Bro. You got to think about it. We not in school. We don't have to wake up early no more. We got people sleeping in, not doing nothing productive. Then on top of that, it goes back to having a role model. You has nobody demanding you or telling you you need to get up and do this or whoop the whoop. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like it's no work ethic being put in. It's nothing being instilled in your brain, but I'm going to wake up and do the same thing every day, which is go outside, play. And then if I do got a role model, like I'm telling you, it's either yeah. my uncle, my cousin, somebody in my family, and they not on the track that I'm on. You know what I'm saying? That's and you so had good. some some of the kids that really was like, I want to be just like my uncle, not yeah. I want to have money like my uncle. Yeah. I want to be just like my uncle or That's my real. cousin. So it's just like, okay, we're going to jump. We're going to jump in the same life he's doing. So when I come back to school, I ain't learned. I ain't picked a pencil up. I ain't did nothing dealing with school this whole summer. So when I come here, y'all sit me in the class after I've been waking up 2 o'clock every day, going outside, doing this, on the block, hanging out with everybody, and expect for me to just sit here and learn or want to learn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I done got so used to this two months of summer or whatever. Yeah. doing what I'm doing. So it's just like, I don't even want to do do school. It's like, in my head now, I feel like school is unnecessary. You get what I'm saying? Dude, this is this is so good, man, because you know what's so funny? That summer after seventh grade, I went back to Atlanta for that summer. So I wasn't around any of you guys during that summertime. Um, and then, I don't know if you remember, remember this, but in eighth grade, remember when every guy got suspended for that first game? Yeah. It was like, a lot of the structure was just gone. Like a lot, I remember literally half the team got suspended because there was so much behavior, like so much gains were gone during the summertime. And I remember somebody told me that so one of these kids was like, had a car during the whole summer. Like, he's 15 years old, how he got a car? But like you said, like the summer, because Chance the Rapper has a song about it called Summertime, or I forgot the name of the song, but he was just talking about, like like you said, during the summer, no adults, no teachers, no structure. It's just a wild, wild west. Yeah, then you got the parents just growing a kid up too early. Like, I got a car at 15 or 14, and the parent eyes is, I, not even in the parent eyes, it's us too. Growing up, we didn't have no car, or we didn't have this and this. So eventually, you gonna, when I have kids, I want to, when my kid hits ninth grade, I want he. I want him to have a car. I want him to have this. I want him yeah. to look like this. So now he's taking it to the head, like okay, like really, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's re- and it's really the parent fault too, but that's the that's a topic that nobody ever really just talks about. You know what I'm saying? You know who I thought about when say this kid? I might I might bleep this out. I'm like, you know how like his his parents would give him every single thing because he was. You know, they just, like you said, they, it comes out of a good place, right? I want to give them everything I didn't have. But then a lot of the times it's like some of those things you're not supposed to have. Yeah. And then when someone says something to them, oh, they excuses. Oh, he make A's and B's. Yes. That's yes. really not the case when every student is capable of making A's and B's. It's just up according to whatever teacher they got. Yeah. You can go in there and teach. But you can't make the you can't make the child learn. You know what I'm saying? That's deep. But you can go in there and actually teach and interact with them and make the teaching fun mm-hmm. to where they want to they thriving to learn. You know what I'm saying? No. Do you know where it's hard? And I, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty of doing this. Let me tell you one of the most embarrassing moments of being a teacher in my life. There was a girl in my third period class in seventh grade. I won't say her name. 
would give me hell all the time. Like literally just rude. I, I, and you get to a point, it's just like you're a human being. If you're with somebody every day who's rude and disrespectful to you, you're going to not like them. So naturally, I just did not like this girl. And eventually, I just I just was not a nice teacher. I was not a nice teacher to her. Anything she did wrong, suspension, call her mom. Like, I was not, I was not, the way I was patient with you, I was not patient with this girl, right? So the very next um, year, eighth grade year happens. She comes down the hallway. Hey, Coach Fees. My brand, I'm like, you mother, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, you bad. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not like really like happy to see her. The whole year, she was the nicest kid in the world to me. The nicest. Would literally, she would sometimes she would literally, if she got in trouble, she would always come to my classroom. And I have to calm her down, say, go back to class. She would like, and I realized I was like, oh, snap. Like, first thing I, I learned from her situation was. I was taking things too personal. I was like, when kids were acting up, I was taking it too personal because in their mind, it wasn't that big of a deal to where eventually got to a point where she eventually started to respect me and care enough that now we're able to like actually function to where she was like anything I told her to do, she would do it. But for a lot of kids, as a teacher, you would give up on them because it will piss you off so much. And it's like each kid, you got to be, you got to find, it's, it's a, I'm telling you, only the best teachers who are so patient, you have to find a way to connect with all of them. But when you have hundreds of kids acting up, it's like, sometimes it's just, you give up on them, man. Untold stories, man. Yeah. A lot of kids go through a lot. And adults being adults, they think like, oh, he's just a kid. They just need to come to school, do this, do that. Yeah. And it's really not even that. It's really a bigger outcome, a bigger outlook than that because this kid could have something really bad could have just happened to this kid. And only thing the mama is talking about, oh, you still going to school tomorrow? Yeah. You still, you know what I'm saying? So now you at school, sad, gloomy all day. Yo, teacher yelling at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But not one teacher has asked. I've been walking around here looking sad. I've been, you know what I'm saying? Like every day in school for this whole past week or whatnot. No one has offered to talk to me. Nobody, has, you know what I'm saying? They say, uh, we got a counselor. The counselor is optional. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like if somebody talks to me or they don't. That's exactly what the counselor is because the counselor only going to talk to you if you go to the counselor. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got some kids that go through stuff that can't really say nothing, but they want somebody to reach out and grab them so they could be like, yeah. okay, all right, now I can I got somebody I can talk to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes that makes that makes so much sense. And so I I I, I realized really quickly, man, and I feel bad. I'm, I'm, some of them gave me hell, but with you, I see patience paid off. Like seven years later, we're really close still. You you like you like you're, you're honestly the only kid who literally every year has maybe hit me up once. Only kid, hey, Coach Fee, how you doing? Let me know. Hey, I'm going to prom. Hey, Coach Fee, how you doing? Like, you, you're the only one. And I, and I always go back to, imagine if I was so mad at you from that first day of school, I never took you to the mall. I never took you to get your physical. You wouldn't be here right now. So it took, like, extreme patience. But the problem is, like, as a teacher, it's hard to give that for, to every single person, you know? It's hard for me to, to, to give that because – with with Paul, with Alvin, with Jawan, with Lonnie, with all these kids, it's hard for me to be as patient with all of them. And I think that's one of the challenges 
that a lot of teachers go through is that emotionally they it's just they're they're drained because the teachers are people too. The other thing about it, I was twenty when I met you, I was twenty three years old. How old are you right now? About to be you're four years away from where I was when I was your teacher. So I was still a young young kid myself, figuring life out too, you know. And um, and so I, it, it's really it's really powerful what you what you said because it's so important, especially for a lot of young men. So what I what I want to know in your opinion is how do you feel most of the guys turned out now, like seven years later? What is what is a typical story? For most of the guys that were on the team and that that was that that you know was was in the group, how are they at like now? I mean, you can only define it with one word: just streets. Most of them are in the streets. Yeah, most of them. Really? Yeah. Okay. My question is: Do you feel like they're just as bad as the other people, or do you feel like they're a little bit maybe not as deep into the streets? Do you feel like? There was any effect into what happened those few years, or do you feel like no, the, those years was a, a, a small roadblock, and now they're they're just as deep or just as bad as everybody else who didn't have any mentors. I mean, as far as the people that was the nine seven seven period. No, not not seven period. I know, no, yeah, they're definitely in the streets. Yeah, they deep. You yeah, know they're what I'm deep. Like, yeah, but they ain't deep to where it's just like. Are we just doing this to be doing this? Like, they deep in actually profiting off of it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. they really making it. Yeah. So, in regards to like some of the close guys on the team, are they are they most of them in the streets as well? Like the guys that were close. Mm, yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't really name a couple, but like. It's yes, yeah, a couple that's really like still doing good. Like Sir Davion, he's still doing band. He in college in uh, all that, and uh, sincere he in college. He's still doing football. That's awesome. That's amazing. I can't. Re I just can't remember everybody, but like I just know if I just like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I just hear their names or see them. I'll be like, I can tell you what they doing right now. You know what oh, I'm saying? Okay, no, that's good. And it's crazy because I have no contact, no conversation with none of them no more. It's just I just know you know what I'm saying Instagram. Instagram, bro, is basically like the the new modern day snitch, bro. Yeah, like yeah. whatever a person doing, or it's just like say we doing this and I post a little boomerang on story. Now, now people know what I'm doing. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Mm. And everything is so involved with social media and Instagram. It's just like whatever you put out, that's what they gonna believe. Okay, man. All right. So my question is: Do you feel like if I was still a teacher? And I went with you guys to high school. Do you feel like they would still be in the streets as much? Mm, not as much, but yes, because say you'd have came and you'd still been coaching football too. Yeah. Of course, we'd have joined the team because you yeah. were going to recruit us to join the team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you being our mentor, we're going to be like, okay, yo, mm, we're going to get this. Mm -hmm -hmm. Yeah. But you still got other teammates and other players or varsity players at the time that was going there, that's my cousin or that's his cousin. Yeah. Or that's the, so, you know what I'm saying? You got them in my ear. You got them in your ear. Yeah. And you got other folks that's you around in your ear. So it's just like, oh, you trying to skip with us today? Boom. From, there, from skipping from – bro, skipping don't do nothing but 
cause a person to just smoke weed, I swear. Yeah. That's, that's the number one thing people skip for. I don't know why. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? That's the number one thing. I, then, I guess my question is, what what could have been done to change the outcome? It's the mentoring. Off top, it's the mentoring. Yeah. But, you, but if I guess... Most, if most people had a mentor, yeah. a lot of things would be different because... Especially having a men- a mentor that I've been through everything or been through almost exactly the same thing as you. But I guess what I what I'm trying to figure out is you told me that if I like if I was there, the problem is you have the cousins, the uncles, everybody else. How do you how do you combat that? It's it's about who you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had a group of friends that I don't long no longer talk to no more now. But I was I've been cool with them since uh okay, do you remember Sarah Young? Yeah. I've been cool with him since second grade. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer talking to him no more now. Mm. But I've been cool with him since second grade and that's been my friend. And I had that same group of friends all the way from after we left you through my whole high school year. Yeah. It came it came from a crowd to just about five people. Yeah. And that's I knew that was gonna happen, but I just had to choose and pick and know who is really gonna be. Or who gonna really be by my side to help me and be on the same page to strive and thrive how I am? Yeah, I think that the hard part is that that's the part that I think is like I'm oh I'm telling you, man. True story. I have not mentored any group of kids since you guys. I have not. You guys like I do the podcast. I I, I talk to guys. I I have such an emotional block right now. So is it because of like an attachment, like as of I just want to be helpful. That's why not. It's too. I feel like I felt like a failure. I felt like a failure. Why would you say that? True story. Um, it, I remember it was 2000, 2019. I was not with this girl. I was with another girl at the time, and. Um, I remember she was upset about some things. We have whatever you know, girls are. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call, missed call. I'm like, okay, you know, I look at the phone, and it was a phone call from prison or jail or whatever. And I was like, who the hell would call me from jail? Yeah. Next thing I know, listen to the voicemail. It was mm-hmm. called me, and I was like panking because i was like oh, what's going on so i tried to like reach out to him and it turns out you can't you can't call somebody in jail yeah you can't it's only one it's a one way exactly and so i felt like that was before that he was always asking me for things and i felt like my failure was i babied you guys so much that i didn't make you guys strong mm-hmm. to exist without me I made it where when I was here, best behavior, good guys. And when you need something, oh, code of code fees, he'll give you, he'll give you, he'll give you. But I never made you guys strong enough to where I was not around and you can take care of yourself. It was always like, I was always the get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. And whenever people needed the card, I was, I was like, mom, like, whatever you want, I got for you guys. Yeah. And so eventually... It, a couple a couple weeks before a couple months before he called me in, in jail he asked me for like money for his kid and i and i didn't give it to him i think he got mad at me so 
me missing that call from jail in his brain, I felt like he was like, that was his last time ever. Like, and then me not picking up, it was like, he let me down. He, he failed me. Like he, 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 he wasn't real. Like, I felt like it was like, cause I never heard from him ever since that day. Mm-hmm. I reached out to him. I tried to get contact with him. I tried to eat. I've never heard from him since that day. So I felt like he viewed me as when I needed him, he wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like a failure because there was so much promise, you know, and I felt like I wasn't able to give the tools. So that's why recently I've been on a journey to like, how can I create as many tools possible that if I could go back in time and be with you guys, I can help you like thrive after me being gone. So for me, I've been in the laboratory for all these years. It's like, well, what manhood course, masculinity, what, what can I do that if I can go back in time and meet Elijah at 12 years old again and say, you know what, I'm about to leave tomorrow. Here are these books, tools, people, whatever it may be, so that Elijah can be, you're still you're doing well, I'm not saying you're not, but can, can thrive. Everyone can mm-hmm. thrive. And so until I have that answer, I don't feel competent enough to mentor anybody. And that's why I haven't been doing it. I think the main thing with that, like with that kind of situation, that scenario, I feel like probably with anybody is the kid is not getting prepared for actual life. Yeah. We only getting prepared for what's next in our life at the mo- at that given moment. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So nobody ever told me that like once I get grown, like I'm gonna be really on my own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is when I when I was growing up, all I ever said was can't wait till I get 18, I'm move out. What the, what, what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not knowing the actual struggle or what it takes to get that far. Like, the kids don't know. They just see, like, oh, if I graduate and go to college, I'm off top guaranteed to get a good house, get a, a good car, have yeah. a girlfriend, have kids. And it's really not just that simple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And our mind is not that open yet. And no one told us. So it's just like, we stuck to what we know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, that's real. So then when it get to that point and we is we done ran out of uh people giving us this or taking this from this in person, now your mindset is I gotta go get it. Yeah. Not ne- not necessarily just taking from somebody, but by any means necessary. By any means necessary. That's so good. So do you feel like most most like the most um people when it comes to like work, they're like it's drugs and streets? You can say that because, but really I think the only reason why people start selling drugs or doing drugs or anything like that is because, for instance, we got, we got I got a couple high school classmates that was dropouts, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With that being said, in my mind, because my brother was a dropout, and I heard the things my mama said to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't never going to be this. You ain't this, this, and that. You dropped out of school. Now I feel like every, the world unchanged. Everybody gave up on you. All your hope gone. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So now it's my time to really figure out what I want to do or what I'm going to do. Rather, if it's going to land me in jail or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This, these, these are the thoughts that the kid is going through and thinking about right now because I've been at that point a couple times to where I thought about, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm tired. First off, it's like you get tired of asking for things. Yeah. But you ain't got no choice because if you don't, it's it's only two answers, yes or no. Yeah. But you just don't got no choice. So it's just like if this person don't hear me, then I know for a fact I got to make something work. 
no matter what it is, I got to make some work because yeah. I might not eat tonight. I might not be able to stay here. I might not be able to go here. I might not be able to have money to get a ride home mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of people just go through so much that it's a, it's like after they, they uh, what would you say? After they factor has ran out and given out. Yeah. It's constant in my mind that I must keep going no matter what, no matter who's around, no matter who says they're gonna help me or any of that. Because right, right about now, I got family members that tell me they'll help me 24 seven. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they can't, I never get mad. When they can, or when I need help and I ask them to reach out, it'd be a different story, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, yes, uh, what do, Why you didn't, you know what I'm saying? You could have you converted that and communicated that to me in a different way than whenever you need me, I'ma be there. Yeah, that's powerful. Because when you say that, yeah, oh, I need you. So is you gonna be there? Dude. You might, you might be busy. You might be doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now my feelings, I'm in, I'm in the uproar. Every now my mind is, I will never ever need nobody again. I will never make myself feel like I need anybody. So I'm gonna go get it myself. You know what I'm saying? That's the mindset of everybody. That's so good, man. Because I think when you care about somebody, you want to promise them stuff. And then when you, and, but you're right. But when, for a lot of young kids, like you promised me this and you let me down like everybody else. So to me, it's like, I, I, I want to, I, I remember I, I text Coop the other day. I was like, need something, let me know. But then like, but then if he asked me for something and I don't, and I don't help him out, it's like, bro, you told me if you need something, let me know. I, and I told you, you, where were you at? So I, I, it makes so sense of the importance of being a man of your word. And being careful with your promises, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, man. You just, you have such an intelligent way of understanding what's going on. What would you do to be able to help seventh grade kids in the stop six community or in communities like that? What would you do to set them up for success that you feel like nobody else has that's thought about or nobody else is doing? If you were to do things differently. It would have to be to, you saying like as a as a person now, or if you if, if you I had, was in that seventh grade class and I could t if I could tell them anything to help them prepare for like now, yeah, I would be definitely to take what I know now and instill it into each and every person that was in my class because it's hard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's a hard life after school for so for so. How do you? But how do you get? Do you feel like twelve year old Elijah would listen to you? No, that's why it's about who you know. I could have been like, you might could have not wanted to tell them this or not have been thinking it, but I could have came with you. I could have came to you as an idea, you being the, the bridge over to them. Okay. To give to you, to give to them. You know what I'm that, saying? That's a great point. So, that's why I like, yeah. there is really a such thing as coworkers because y'all both have to put your mind together to help the students. Like it's not just about a paycheck, but yeah. nowadays it's about a paycheck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like, I'm doing my own lesson plans, or you got some teachers that'll come borrow lesson plans from other teachers, yeah. just, and they teach the same subject. Now both of our uh, students are on the same on the same page. That's you know what I'm saying? Good. That's really good. a lot of people don't think about that. It's just about the paycheck. Yeah, no, I think to me, I love the point that you brought up was that you have to find who they listen to, and figure out how. Because because to me, I, I that's one of the reasons why I wanted you guys to be a group. Because I said, man, maybe maybe they won't listen to me. But if they if they all listen to Coop and Coop listens to me, now they'll do what everybody says. And and 
my my thing right now that I've been working on is I really want to get all you guys financially like really well. That's the thing I've been thinking about the most because I understand I I understand streets the draw to this. I remember one time I was talking to Tymerian and them and I was like I'm curious. I don't know if you guys you know these numbers. I was like how many how much money do they really make in the streets a month? Do you, do you know any of these numbers? Like how much do they really are you, if you're in the streets, how much are you really making a month? It's depending on What's what you pushing? What's what you know? What I'm saying. Do you Depending know? I, I guess is there average salary for a street guy? It, like it's really not because you got some that perform way, 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 way better yeah. than others. It's about who you know. Because it's just like if I make a song where I could say I'm better than Drake, you could think I say I'm better than Ye. Yeah. Anybody. If I don't know nobody to put this out there to get everybody to see what I can have, yeah. it's 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 pointless. You get what I'm saying? No, that's good because and I love what you said because when it comes to money. This is a draw to the streets. And this is one thing I'm actually trying to work on, but I'm, I'm, I'm like balancing this out. The draw to the streets isn't the everyday foot soldier. Because everyday foot soldier is really not making that much. Yeah, the, the, the draw to the streets is not the everyday foot soldier. He's not really making that much money. It's really the big guys. It's, a really, it's really the guys really bringing a lot of money. And so the draw is that, man, so-and-so that I know, he's making this much money. Right. And because he's making this much money, if you see it, that he's doing it, why not me? So it's the accessibility to people with money. And so what I realized is in, in reality, what, the, what a lot of young men have to see is other people who make just as much money and be accessible to, to that. And we'll talk about a little bit more of that stuff off camera. But when you're able to see, wait, hold on one second, you're making more than he's making on the streets. And I can do that too. It now changes the mind. You know what I mean? But you, have to, but you have to see that it's possible. You have to be able to see, okay, you know what? Old buddy right there, you know, he's, he's on the street 24-7. Honestly, you know what? He's probably making 4000 a month. A little foot soldier guy making four, four grand a month. You, you get his trucking license, you did that and third, you'll be making 5000 a month. You're making more money than him on the streets doing this. So my next level is, okay, now that you guys are older, now that you guys, all of you guys are out of high school, how can I create paths that for young men where the streets isn't an option? Because the streets, sorry, where the streets isn't the only options. Because streets will always be an option. Fast money is fast money. I can't compete with that. Yeah, but what people fail to realize is like when you get in the streets, it's like you think, okay, I can get a pack or whatever and boom, it's supposed to work yeah it's not the thing it's like you gotta it's like being a runner and being the top dog you know what i'm saying exactly and it's gonna take all these processes so 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 until you get there you know what i'm saying i love what you talked about and I, and I and i might i have some ideas as you're talking about helping kids realize that because they don't realize i think the the, the idea with the streets is it's kind of like the idea of if you go to college, you get an automatic job and money and, and family. The idea of the streets is if I go to the streets, it's automatic job, car, and money. No, you have to work. You know what I mean? Like you're going to actually have to work really hard and do a lot of things to be able to make that stuff. So my thing in life is that work equals success wherever you go, whether it's the streets, whether it's a classroom, whether it's a football, whatever it is, works equals success. Sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes it's a shorter path than others. But so if you know, Work will lead to success. Why not put that work into here? 
You, you like in the streets, you're working 80 hours a week regardless. Why don't you take this 80 hours and put it into here? It's it's a lot different though because okay, break it down to me. The streets is like freedom. I can go out here on the block and do this when I want to. Yeah. Get off when I want to. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just about what you're comfortable with. And the and then like the modern day kid, if you ask a kid growing up what they want to be once you get the normal stuff or what you want to do when you get older. I either want to go to college, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a fireman, a police officer. Yeah. 90% of those thoughts and mindsets change over time and people wind up being something else. Like majority of teachers I know, they said they would they would have never in their life thought they was going to be a teacher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess my my next question to you is that you're right. I You can't compete. In some jobs, you can't compete with that. But isn't it safe to say that in certain jobs you do have freedom? It's not as sexy. Do you feel like if you express, if you explain that to somebody, like, hey, you can actually make $100,000 a year owning your plumbing company or HVAC company or, or, or this company, do you feel like if you explain them that kind of path, they would see that I can be my own boss, work whenever I want to and do this job just as much as if I wanted to be in the streets? Do you feel like showing them entrepreneur type jobs like that Will will make them be interested in it? Yeah, because if if we get a random person right now and we and we talk to them about this, oh yeah, I'll be willing to do that. Yeah. But it's gonna take a process. Yeah. Within the and within that process, the streets is always higher. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? That's real. So it's just like, I don't wanna wait this long. I need money now. Yeah. That's what everybody is stuck on. So the streets, you are going to get that. Like yeah. you're gonna get money now. You know what I'm saying? It's not a waiting process, so you don't have to wait two weeks into a paycheck or a week to a paycheck. Like yeah. you got some people that really just thrive off. Oh, I want some money now. You know what I'm saying? The, the It's hard to compete with delayed gratification. And um, I'm sorry, instant gratification. It's hard to compete with it. And, and that's you know, my brain, man. People know me. I've been, I, I think about you guys all the time, man. And honestly, I don't reach out as much because I just don't have answers as much. But I think about you guys all. I'm like, I honestly, sometimes I'd be afraid because I'm be like, I, I I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to tell so-and-so. I don't know what, like, and I, my brain is like, how can I create a plan for these kids, you guys not kids anymore, these young men, so that the streets is hiring, but there's also a desire of something more. And, I, and I'm trying to wonder what can be done. Is there anything that can be done to make young men want more? It's about what these see, though. Yeah. That's really what it's about. That's so real, because man. Because as I was growing up, my mama sold drugs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my mama sold drugs, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I didn't want to do that, but I've seen it. Yeah. You got some kids that think, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. what I want to do. My mama did. My daddy did. So... No, that's they, so real. Their mindset is, is made up. It's nothing you can do to tell them to change them. Like, I, especially if the parents already been doing this for years. Yeah. So now it's like, are you born into this? Like, they're, you know what I'm saying? That's like a whole Tony Montana situation or anything like that. Yeah. His kids or him or his daddy, like, he was born into that. Like, this, he knew that's what he wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? My, my man. Did you ever go on a college trip business with us? Uh, I don't think so. Never went on it with us? Man, I remember, did you ever do the FEU stuff with us? Were you doing FEU stuff with us? 
Mm-mm. I can't even really tell you how many field. I only been on like two field trips. Like since like elementary, I went on like two field trips. Like I was Bro. bad, yeah. so I never really got to experience yeah, yeah, the field yeah, yeah. trips. Now this is. Nah, man, I think what you brought up was so real. You have to show them something different. And I think what, I, what I'm trying to do is my goal is to show the guys something different for those who want something different. Because once you see, like, what is possible, but you have to, and the hardest part is you have to be successful. They said one of the keys of success is delayed gratification. Instant gratification, rapper, whatever it is, it's short, athlete, it's short-term failure. If you're able to have delayed gratification, you're able to succeed in life. So to me, it's like that's one of the lessons that I really want you guys to, to learn this. You're, t- you're 19 years old. Life can be amazing at 25, but you have to eat a lot of shit in the process. You have to you didn't have to grind in the process. But I can give you a path to where 25, you'll be great. And know what's funny? It's the story. Did you do you know this of the story of the tortoise and the hare? You familiar with that story? Uh, about the the her race. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. That is life. The trappers, the street people, they're the tortoise. I mean, they're they're the hare. It's fast. It's fast, but then it stops. And then the tortoises. The slower, more delayed gratification, it's slow, but it wins. And so it's like, how do we now convey that message in a way where other people see it, they believe it, and they want to try to follow it? That is what that is my goal. How can I how can I show the kids in stop six to be like, hey, you know what? I know so and so is making this much money on the streets. I can give you a path to make this much money. It may take you three years, but you can do it. You don't got to work for nobody. You can do this on your own. This, all these things. Because I'm telling you, the more I'm, the more I'm learning all, about all this stuff, bro, you'd be so surprised to... The, the streets is nothing but buying low and selling high. That's all you're really doing. Most definitely. It's all, that's, that's all you're doing. There's no, there's no science to this. The difference is everyone else does that, does that differently in life. All these, all these houses here, you know what they do? They, they, buy, they buy the land low, they build a building, sell it high. It's, just, it's like stocks in person. It's everything. So it's like, how can I teach you guys that, you know what? Yeah, in the streets, if you, if you master the streets, right? Mm-hmm. You can master going outside and making money, buying low and selling high. But if you master stocks, you can learn how to be on my phone while being at your house, buying low and selling high. So I think that's the thing where is we have to figure out what, what is the draw of the streets and what's the draw of these things to other men and figuring out how to give them alternatives to where they're now excited or not as excited, but they, they have a, a path that's equally as successful if they choose so. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It really do. Yeah. Because I don't know, it just that's why I in my mind, everything is going back to what these see, who who you know, who around because it played a big part in my life. Mm-hmm. Because I got a cousin like who really didn't do nothing, he didn't graduate, he didn't do nothing. But yeah. like he still lived his life, he had fun. Yeah. He's satisfied, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
But I've realized and I've looked at his life, I've seen what he been, he got kids and everything. Like, uh, I don't want no kids at a young age because I don't feel like I'm financially, st- well, I'm not financially stable enough yeah. to just, you know what I'm saying? 100%. So it's just a lot of stuff that go on through my head. Like, I'm a real thinker. I think everything out before I do it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't Some people say it's bad, some people say it's good. It's mm-hmm. just something I always done. I think everything out, like when I used to play basketball, Everything around me would blank out but the rim. Mm. I couldn't see nothing but the rim. Yeah. And in my head, that whole process is like time just slowed down or something. Yeah. But everything's happening fast, but time just slowed down. It's like, okay, I know if I Euro this way, he going to jump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something some, some simple like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I think everything through. Yeah. No, that's good, man. I think that skill has helped you out in life. I think that's what helps you. Helps has helped you grow throughout the years, man. I think that you know I'm proud of you. Graduated high school, huge accomplishment. Um, there's three things that they say, it, in order to escape to never be in poverty. There's three things that if you don't, if you if you can do these three things, you are statistically more statistically impossible for you to be in poverty. Graduate high school, have no kids before you're married. That's a huge one, huge. Have a full-time job. With those three things, it's statistically impossible to remain in poverty for the rest of your life. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the some of the ideas I have for you guys off off air. But um, but yeah, man, I think to me, when I asked you before, I want you to answer on the podcast. What you told me the answer to this question, but what is the biggest issue that men do young men your age deal with today the biggest issue? Having a father figure. Yeah. Having somebody lead you in the right way and really taking things for granted. Yeah. Yeah. And it be the littlest things. Maybe yeah. somebody giving you $10 this day to help you get through the day. Maybe staying here, spending the night here, or having somebody look out for you, or this person, I got you, I'll pay for your food, even though yeah. you got some money. It's just a lot of things, like, I've learned in my life, because I've been at low, low, very low points in my life, to cherish everything, because no matter what's going on with me, there's always someone doing worse than I am. That's real, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's I might be in the house with no lights, no water, but it's somebody outside that, it's not even in the house, not on the couch, don't got no cover on the side of the street, on the sidewalk, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I learned, I've over time, that's what kept me going and not to never quit on myself, and I would never quit on myself because I learned to cherish every moment in my life, no matter what it is. That's so powerful, man. And and to me, I think this is why, like with, with my channel, is I want to provide that to guys. I want to provide them, like you said, the, the father, father figure and the guidance. And so I think I think um, I'm excited about moving forward. I'm excited about your life. I think I think some, some great things are gonna happen because you know, seven years later, man, I'm able to see like everything. I'm able to see the full picture. I feel like people who watch my channel, I'm like, you don't understand. Like this, some people do this for fun, bro. This is my life. Like when I'm giving advice to men. Like, you know it, you, you, you live this, you know? And so to me, this means the world to me and to be able to really help you guys be successful. I think that's the next, the next thing for me 
and I have I have some ideas that I feel like would be really good for you, man. But um, yeah, also like make sense and like bring everything together on what you be saying and talking about. Cause when I remember you first started doing it, you know what I'm saying? I remember you being a teacher, and then I was just like, oh, I ain't heard of Coach Feeds in a while. Then I found your Instagram, and then when I found it, I was like, oh, this is what he doing now. What's with this? You know what I'm saying? These same some of the same steps like we've been through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talked about and stuff. And to actually like let people know that like, okay, this is a student or a person or a young man that I've actually like went through this with the same things that I'm telling y'all. It's like a big accomplishment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It is. It is, man. Nah, bro, it is, man. So it's just like to show like I'm not only talking this, like I've lived this and actually like instilled this in a person. Yeah. To keep on going, you know? I love it, man. Elijah, bro, I really appreciate you, man. I yeah. think um, I, we're definitely going to have you back, man. I think this is a great, great conversation. Where can people yeah. find you at? What's your, what's your social media handles? Uh, Instagram, 5L.Blast with three Ts. And I mean, that's all I really do. I mean, I do Facebook, but yeah. I don't really be on there. So your Instagram is what? 5Ls? 5L.Blast3Ts. Okay, bet, 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 bet. Man. Guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. This was a great episode for me because um, Elijah just has a lot of wisdom for at, at a young age, man. He, he really is, is able to break down the, the culture and society, and he really gave me a ton of ideas to be able to help help him, help the guys you know that he grew up with, and to be able to help more of you young guys. So, man, please, you know, shoot, shoot him, follow him on social media, shoot him some love, um, and. The goal of the roommates is to help every man become the best version of himself, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, all that good stuff. And and I, and I love you guys. I mean, I mean this, man. This is this is this is this is not for money. That's it. It's not for money. It's not for views. It's not for clout. This is for helping men. And um, I'm honored to to be a part of Elijah's life, and I'm honored to be part of your life. So, my name is Hafiz. This is the roommates, and we're joined by Elijah. We are the roommates, and have a great day. <laughs>